Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, I have Kathleen Friend, MD, on the show. Dr. Friend is a child psychiatrist, musician, meditation teacher, and children's author. Dr. Friend obtained her MD from University of Miami. Her medical background includes residencies in internal medicine, nuclear medicine, and psychiatry. With close to 30 years of experience with all ages, she is currently working as a child psychiatrist in Tucson, Arizona. Prior to moving to the Southwest, she was founder and sole proprietor of Integrative Psychiatry of the Berkshires in Lenox, Massachusetts. Dr. Friend has experience in a wide array of non-pharmacological approaches, including nutrition, functional medicine, neurofeedback, meditation, trauma-sensitive therapy, energy medicine, nurtured heart approach, and heart rhythm meditation, which we're going to talk about today. She is the author of two children's books and another one that's coming up in the future. Um, Her books are The Greatness Chair and Sarah in the Greatness Chair. These stories are designed to teach children and grownups a simple method to help them grow into their best selves. Based on the nurtured heart approach, this is in addition to the field of positive psychology. Welcome to the program, Kathleen. Oh, welcome, Marla. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm exhausted just listening to that bio. <laughs> Well, there, there was much more than that. I I cut it short, so you can you can read it in the show notes, Kathleen. <laughs> so you know, I'm very happy to be speaking with you. Yeah, me too. I've been very excited about this interview. Um, so I just love your background of being not only a child psychiatrist but also a musician and into meditation and a children's author. Can you tell us a bit about your path down this? unusual path. Sure. Well, um, somewhere along the way, somebody thought it was a good idea that I go to medical school. (laughs) (laughs) I think I had um, a partial say in it. Right. (laughs) But uh, so I started out, you know, innocently enough, you know, thinking I was going to save the world through medicine and Mm -hmm. do good. You know, like, like, like a lot of doctors, um, a lot of doctors are actually quite idealistic and optimistic and um, or at least start out that way. And so, um, but I always knew that deep down that I was an artist and liked music and other creative arts. So over the course of my life, I was able to bring some of those things in. And also I figured out that instead of seeing medicine and somehow being a doctor versus an artist 
as being separate, I thought, well, if I'm such a creative person, why don't I use my creativity in medicine? Beautiful. You know, to for a solution. So once I kind of opened that up, then a lot of things happened. Right. So when did you, what inspired you to start going more of the, I'll say holistic, even spiritual path, working with children and their parents, trying to not um, use as much pharmacological, you know, therapy? Right. Well, it became pretty apparent to me that the traditional methods I was taught were limited. And I initially trained in actually adult and geriatric psychiatry and not oh. child psychiatry. Yeah. And um, so I had the great fortune that I, I trained in psychiatry at a time when, when we were still taught therapy. And I was in New York City, so I was really trained by a lot of old psychoanalysts. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, even though maybe it's not popular, they were very humanistic and creative people. So, but, but little by little, psychiatry became pushed into a corner of medication, uh, medication checks, you know, and the therapy really went to pretty much everybody else. And so, you know, the more that happened, the more I realized I had to break out of that. And long story short, when I moved to Tucson, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I, um, you know, gave up my integrated practice in Massachusetts and I just took a job. You know, I, I didn't want to restart a whole private practice. And I was really fortunate that I was offered a job as a child psychiatrist, nice. even though I didn't do a child fellowship. I mean, that was like amazing. I think it was divine intervention. Yes. Because <laughs> I love kids. I love kids and families. And there's no reason I should have gotten the job. But I did. I mean, on the spot. So I knew something was up right away. Um, I, I understood that I was being guided. So I took it really I took that very seriously. And even though the employment was at a community mental health center that was very traditional and, you know, pretty much what they wanted from me was my prescription pad, mm -hmm. I chose to uh, be creative even within that role. So I started taking kids off meds. I started giving them, talking to the parents about nutrition, uh, some supplements, and but then, and that was all good, but then, you know, one day I realized that none of the kids wanted to come in to the appointments. And they would like put their heads down and oh. they were ashamed. And I realized, oh, well, of course, because every time the parent was coming in, it was like a rap sheet. Right. You know, I mean, understandably, the parent there was some, you know, problems they were hoping I could help. So the parents were doing what they do when they come to a doctor, right? What, you know, you, they, they tell you what the problems are, hoping you can help. Makes sense, right? Mm. But the kids were so full of shame and... Uh, and breaks I, my heart. I know, it broke my heart too. So I thought to myself, this isn't going to work. 
So one day I just, I, I told the next person who came in, the next family, I said, I looked at the child and I said, uh, I want you to come over here and sit in the chair next to me. Because normally they wouldn't. But if I made a direct command, you know. Right. So the child came over and I just went nuts. I said, hey, how did you know you sat in my greatness chair? And the kid was like, what? And so they were looking around and saying like, what's so great about this chair? They could see it was just an ordinary chair. Right. So I let them just puzzle that a little. And I said, oh, you are so smart. Yeah, of course. I mean, this is just an ordinary chair, isn't it? And they go, yeah. I said, but it's not about the chair. It's about the person sitting in the chair. I so love it. What can you tell me about your greatness? Well, that changed everything when I started doing that, because most of the kids really weren't sure what to say at the beginning. Like, like, wow, what's this crazy doctor doing? But I coached them and helped them. And we were able to discover very simple things that was that were going right in the moment, right there in the chair. Like, for example, let's say the child didn't know how to um, answer my question. You know, like, and even some children said, well, what does greatness mean? Yes. Hmm. You know, something like simple like that. So I would right away say, wow, you know, you are already showing the greatness of curiosity. You're showing like perseverance because you you really didn't know what I'm asking of you, but you're trying. So everything they did, no matter what they did in the chair, I turned it around into something that was that that put a light on on a quality of that child that they were showing me. Well, they like, of course, they love that. Of course, and so different from what they had anticipated. And then, and then the usually it was the mother, not always, but then I would see the parent <laughs> sitting there, and their eyes would be just lit up, and. And they would say, you could see that they were just waiting to jump in right. and tell me more greatness qualities about their kid. And so it became very clear to me, well, parents don't really want to come in and tell me all the bad stuff. What, right. you know, what parent wouldn't love the opportunity to share the greatness about their children and to let somebody else see that greatness? So that was kind of how I got into the greatness chair idea. Wow. And of course, of course, we then, you know, after this setting of the energy, if you will, we were like setting an atmosphere of strength, trying to see the child, really, really just see them. Um, and then, of course, then if, my, if mom brought up the problems, it, it had a different energy about it. Right. And so then we would talk about maybe like what happened at school or something, but the kids were okay. They felt held, they felt seen. And so then I wrote the books, then I wrote the children's books about it. Wow, that that is such a great story. And I know you use the the heart nurtured approach. Can you can you tell us I think that's what Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, the nurtured heart. Nurtured heart approach. Yes. Yeah, this is a really beautiful uh, way of working with children and families that was developed. My goodness, how long ago? I don't know, fifteen years. I could be wrong about that. By by Howard Glasser, who um, actually lives here in Tucson, where I live, and I I trained in this method. Oh gosh, maybe seven eight years ago. But I, I, couldn't, I couldn't use it because they would never give me long enough appointments to train the families or the parents. And that's why I kind of went with the greatness chair and I just right. tried to be creative. Like, how, how can I put this in a half hour appointment and basically teach some of the nurtured heart approach, even though I wasn't being given time to do the full approach. But the nurtured heart approach is really it's not even a method it's really a way of being and it's all about it, it's an energy approach it's about see at its core it's about seeing what's going right instead of what's going wrong right and it's following the positive energy um and and creating it um how else could i explain that you know, and at a deeper level, when you start to see what the child is doing and notice them and, and look at their qualities, we're really, you know, we say, oh, we're trying to build resilience or emotional wealth or inner wealth. But really, you're kind of seeing the soul of the yes. child. Yes, beautiful. You know, like we all came here as a unique being. And how are we going to discover what that is? Right. You know, somebody has to see it, especially for children. We need mirrors. We need people to reflect back to us who we are. I mean, that's how children get their identity. You know, when they're very young, you know, we, grown-ups adults we we say things about them and they internalize that as their as their self so we can we can build we can build a better portfolio if we see the greatness qualities and help the child see them because it really builds this road to their uniqueness and helps them then connect hopefully the idea is then they can connect to their unique reason for being right do you bring meditation into that at all because i know you're a meditation teacher i don't probably i don't know about for children but i think of a little one then being let's we could even take meditation that word out of it but just sitting quietly and just absorbing that energy and do you, how do you use that in, in your practice with children? Or if you could, if you have the time. Well, I, I, I've never really built that out so much for the children specifically, although mm -hmm. I do teach heart rhythm meditation um, to adults. Right. And I teach in a school called the Institute for Applied Meditation on the Heart. But the, the thing, though, about the nurtured heart approach is that to really start seeing these qualities in the children, it, it's you. It works up. It works when you 
drop down actually into your heart and you try to see the child through your heart instead of your mind. Right. So it kind of comes in that way. And, um, but I don't specifically teach children meditation. Right. Maybe just sitting quietly. You know, I'll never forget when I was working, I work in Ethiopia and I was at, um, it, it was a, st a school specifically for the children who didn't have parents, but were living in, you know, living with family members or with others, but some of them didn't have family at all. And they would come to school. And one day I, I started the love project there. And when we did, we did an affirmation circle. Oh my gosh, Kathleen, it was the most, these, these boys that were probably 14, 15 years old, it's like they had never heard this little circle of kids, poorest of the poor. They had never heard anybody ever say anything about kind about them. And they didn't have it really a support system. And they would, the tears and the love. And that's what, that's what I feel when I'm talking to you about this is all children just need that, you know, for inner strength and be able to get along in this crazy world. Do you think that, let's say a child is six or seven and, and they've kind of had a tough, they haven't had any of this sort of nurtured heart approach. Is it, is it too late or can you begin? Yeah, yeah. She's shaking her head no for our listeners. Definitely not too late. It's <laughs> yeah. never too late. Yeah. Too late. I mean, for us, it's not too late for us to just think about what we're really good at. And then to hear, I guess that's the self-love, but then to have that affirmation too from those that your loved ones also. We, You know, we all need to be seen. Yes. And noticed for who we really are. And honestly, the nurtured heart approach has gone, um, like if you go to a training these days, it's not just about the kids, it's also about the parents too. Right. And the parents, because honestly, to be really good at using this, you have to also be able to kind of reset yourself, regulate yourself, as an adult, regulate yourself, get in your heart to be able to connect to the child's heart. Speaking of that, how do you feel it would transform the world? Or not how, do you feel it would transform the world if this is how we lived soulfully? I will say soulfully seeing a child's soul. And do you think that will, do you think that's changing at all? You know, I think that we are in such a state of change, uh, you know, in the whole world right now. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, it, it's, we can all see the division. Right, right. Currently going on. So, you know, there's a group of people who um, are very fearful. Um, I understand that. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of fearfulness. And, you know, when people are afraid, they tend to go back to the old ways. And when you're fearful, you're not usually you're not usually wanting to change. You know, you want to kind of keep the status quo. Or, 
But, but what's happened for a lot of people is they realize that things aren't going to go back the way they were, and they're excited for that kind of change. Mm-hmm. I think that when parents realize, like when I've, like when they read my book or something, you're right. It's a very simple idea. And, you know, to really work the nurtured heart approach, there's a few more steps. But right. but the little ideas in my book are a great start. I'm telling you, if this uh, just did those things, it would make a big difference. So um, I I think that if when parents experience, like, when they experience somebody seeing them or their child in this simple way, they catch it. Yes. Okay. There's a but kind of a catching. And if the, and if the parent experiences it themselves and you show them their greatness, like what? They feel how good it feels. And, and, and let me just be really clear here. When I say calling out people's greatness, everything has to be true. You know, you don't make anything up here. Right. Sometimes it's a stretch. We'd say, oh, you're doing blah, blah, blah. And that shows your kindness. So sometimes we do take a little leap, you know, and sometimes we're wrong and the child will correct you. I mean, if it's (laughs) it's really off, it's not going to land. Yes, yes. Right? So then we kind of have to adjust ourselves. So first of all, this technique is no BS, none. It's truth. We're trying to mirror truth because most children don't see their truth. So Kathleen, what what do you want to just, okay, so you're a doctor. You worked with adults. You, you divinely, divine intervention. You're obviously a very spiritual, soulful person. You're perfect for this podcast and you love children um what do you kathleen friend want to shout to the world uh well uh okay things are simpler than we make them Mm -hmm. um the, the simple message that i want to shout out is that Trust your heart. The heart is smarter than the mind. We need our minds. Don't get me wrong. We need our minds, our intelligence, our knowledge. But the mind should be a servant of the heart. And the natural heart loves. It really comes back to love. Yes. All the great mystics, all the great religions, all of them, they taught, you know, that's, it, 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 they all kind of boil down to the same thing, and it's really pretty simple. And love is is a real energy that is made that comes from the heart. I mean, people have measured this, you know. Yes, I mean? yes, they have. So it's it's an energy. It's an energetic property of the heart to love. It's our minds that judge and categorize and all those things. The heart doesn't do that. That's beautiful. So that would be my message to to pay some attention to the voice of your heart and trust and trust it more. Right. Well, Kathleen, um, we need to wrap it up a little bit, but um, tell us briefly about your new book. I know it's a book for parents and teachers. 
and to understand the principles and rationale behind the greatness chair. So um, do you want to say a few words about that? Yeah, sure. Um, the book, I, I hope, <laughs> will we'll, we'll try to, um, you know, build it out a little bit and, 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 and just kind of show that it's based in some solid scientific. Principles. Yes. That, it, that it's actually based in like a lot of scientific principles. Um, and also the social emotional learning net frameworks for schools, the SEL frameworks, it really fits in very well there. Right. But um, I'm going to build out um, acti more uh, activities, a lot of activities. Yeah, that's great. Parents and teachers to do at yeah. home or at school. Uh, well, I can't wait for that. So you'll have to come back on when it's out and we'll talk more about that. Well, is there anything you would like to add that I haven't asked you today? Gosh, I don't think so. Okay. And Kathleen, you are an angel to the world and to the children of the world. And I want to thank you. So if people want to find you, how would they do that? Uh, the easiest way to find me is to either go to greatnesschair.com website or I have a Facebook page the great it's called it's the greatness chair mm -hmm. you have to have the the in front of it and either of those ways especially through the website you there's a contact page and it gets you to my email and so right. and the books can be found on Amazon and this will all be in our show notes oh if sure yeah. yeah, and also by, I think Barnes and Nobles. I mean, there's there's a number of outlets, but most people go to Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And um, have a wonderful evening. And I'm sure we're going to be doing a lot of work together in the future. Oh, I, I, sure, I sure hope so. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.